0: All of our podcast episodes, and you can subscribe to the show on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Play, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked on Packers, the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how and the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. That's right. The number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. I'm going to keep repeating that until it stops being cool to me and, and frankly, until it stops being true. But it's true, so I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, It is the Monday after Super Bowl Sunday, and that means the NFL has crowned a new champion. And I know the result is not one a lot of Packer fans wanted for, I would say, a whole host of reasons related to the Packers and related to Aaron Rodgers. And and what we're going to do today is spend our time talking about the fallout from the Super Bowl and I think you know we're, we're going to have to spend some time with you know the, the the part that packer fans are constantly comparing them themselves to their team to and the the success or or I think more importantly the lack thereof that their team has relative to the patriots I think we have to discuss the question of Matt LaFleur and his connection to the Sean McVay coaching tree. What, what does that mean? And, and, and then what does this mean for the team and uh, basically the rest of the NFL moving forward? And, and let's start here with the Packers' perspective on all of this. I think my takeaway from all of this is going to be a little bit different. I think it's going to throw you for a loop a little bit. The Super Bowl on Sunday— is why the Packers fired Mike McCarthy. The, what, what we saw on Sunday were two coaching staffs absolutely at their peak. And, and maybe Sean McVay not so much. But when you look at what the, the defensive staffs did, Wade Phillips, Brian Flores, Bill Belichick, they were outstanding. And Josh McDaniels did some really interesting, really awesome things, especially for him and, and what they do. It was It was vintage Patriots in that they did the thing that they thought they could win with, and they did it over and over and over until the Rams proved they could stop them, and they never proved it. And so they kept going back to it. And they said, okay, if you're going to defend Julian Edelman this particular way, then we're going to run these types of routes to get him free. And if you're going to play these types of fronts, then we're going to run these types of plays, and we're going to run the ball, and we're going to stay with that. And then on defense, we're going to do a, a bunch of different things to disrupt all of the things that you want to do. Mike McCarthy, in this day and age, right now, given the coach that he is, and again this is I am I am someone who has defended McCarthy and who still thinks if he evolves can still be a very good coach there are still a lot of things to like about Mike McCarthy and if you're a lot of teams that didn't hire him you probably should have but they needed a coach that could go into this game on Sunday and have a staff of coaches that can hold up they no longer believed Mike McCarthy was that guy, and and there's reason for that. You look at the Packers' failures, none of them really in the playoffs were offensive. They were nearly all defensive. And so you say, well, how is that on Mike McCarthy? Well, because Mike McCarthy, number one, is involved in Deciding who is the defensive coach. He's not just involved. That's his call. He gets to decide the defensive coach, Dom Capers, who he kept far too long. But there were conservative calls in big games, in big moments. And Sean McVay coached conservatively. And and frankly, Bill Belichick coached pretty conservatively overall as well. But he had such a good game plan and such trust that the Patriots would get the one drive they needed to get to win, and they did it. But the difference, okay, between the Patriots and the Packers over the last two decades is Bill Belichick. That's it. That's the difference. You can look at all of the front office failures, and there are, there are plenty of them for the Packers. I really think the Patriots have done a great job of doing things that, that Green Bay didn't. But you can't look at this Patriots team, the one that just won the Super Bowl or the one that went to the Super Bowl last year or the one that won the Super Bowl two years ago or the one that won the Super Bowl four years ago, and say those teams were much better talent-wise than the teams Green Bay had. You look at the team in 2014 that that should have gone to the Super Bowl that lost to Seattle. They'd already beaten the Patriots and, frankly, beaten the Patriots soundly at Lambeau. And talent-wise, I mean, I know the Packers lost to the Patriots in New England in 2018. Talent-wise, is are the Patriots really more talented than Green Bay? I mean, look at the receivers, look at the skill position players, look at the defensive players. The Patriots have Stefan Gilmore, who's really good. They have Trey Flowers, who's really good. The rest of that defense, they're just guys. They're just guys. The difference is Bill Belichick and just to just to prove that point, just to underscore that point, I went back and looked. The Patriots have scored under 20 points. So this is an offensive problem, a, a Josh McDaniels-Tom Brady problem. The Patriots have scored under 20 points in the playoffs, nine times under Tom Brady. They've lost seven of those games. And in the Brady era, the Patriots have 10 postseason losses. The Packers in the Aaron Rodgers era, have never scored under 20 points in the playoffs, but have seven losses. And in fact, the Patriots, the, the number of points they've needed to score to win in the playoffs under Tom Brady, in the Tom Brady era, 21.62. The Packers' average score needed to win a playoff game under Aaron Rodgers, point And you look at that and you say, okay, that's under three and a half points. But if you think three points isn't a lot of points, the Patriots won three Super Bowls by that margin and lost another one. That is the margin in the playoffs. That is the difference between winning and losing between a a championship and another lost season. And so when you look at the offseason moves for the Packers, you say, okay, this is what we know about this team. We know, we know this team has had its failures. We know that we saw it in the playoffs and no, Green Bay's offense, which is Mike McCarthy's forte has not necessarily been the problem, but the defense has, and, and they needed to make a change and they did, but. Overall, generally in the postseason, that is when this team has come up short. And it's in game planning and it's generally speaking been on defense, but that is a coaching failure. The Patriots don't get out coached in the postseason. So if you want to maximize the window you have with Aaron Rodgers at the end of his career and you want to make sure you're doing everything you can to get the Packers back in Super Bowl contention, to get them to win Super Bowls again, then the thing you have to do is go out and find a coach you think can go toe-to-toe with Bill Belichick. And I understand that that's not an easy task. He's the greatest coach in NFL, at, at the very least in modern history, in the last 30 years probably. He's at, at the very least the best coach since Bill Walsh. And... Any Mount Rushmore of NFL coaches, it's basically Lombardi, Walsh, Balotrek. If you want to throw Landry in there, go ahead. That's the list. He is, for my money, the best coach ever. What they've been able to do in the salary cap era with teams that are just not as talented. They beat a Chiefs team that is more talented than them. They beat a Rams team that is more talented than them because they had a better Plan. They had a better scheme. They had better coaching, not better players. They're the only team that can b- consistently buck that trend. Well, last year, Doug Peterson out coached Bill Belichick, and you go back to that Falcons Super Bowl. I mean, the the twenty eight to three part is famous. Kyle Shanahan out coached Bill Belichick for most of that game, and and the the Shanahan. Quinn Combo outcoached Bill Belichick for most of that game. You have to go find a coach that can live up to those moments. And we saw that Mike McCarthy did at times. He did early in his career and, and in certain other parts of his career. But it had gotten to the point clearly, I mean, after you lose to the Cardinals at home in a game that you needed to win if you wanted to stay in playoff contention, It became clear that Mike McCarthy, for the Packers anyway, was no longer that guy. So they had to go find someone else that they felt like could lead them into battle and go toe-to-toe with Sean Payton, with Sean McVay, with Mike Zimmer, with Doug Peterson, with all of the with Chris Richard in Dallas. I mean, obviously Jason Garrett is not a a genius by any means, with Matt Nagy, with Vic Fangio, even though Vic is now in Denver. You have to go get that coach you think can match wits with the other virtuoso coaches in the NFL. Green Bay felt that was no longer Mike McCarthy, I think rightly so with this team, and they did what they felt they had to do, and they hired the guy they think is best equipped to do it. But given what we saw from the Rams, it does raise an interesting question, and it was something that was discussed on Twitter. It was something that was discussed during the game and and I'm sure is going to be a part of the talking point in the narrative all offseason, uh, something that was articulated by Corey from Minnesota. He says, hey, Peter, Belichick tops Andy Reid and dismantled Sean McVay. Is there a sudden buyer's remorse? rippling through the NFL with new head coaches all associated with the Reed-Shanahan-McVay tree? The answer is no. And the answer is no primarily because a Andy Reed disciple won the Super Bowl last year and an Andy Reed disciple won his division in a surprise fashion in the NFC North and was a Cody Parkey double doink away from winning a playoff game against the other Andy Reed disciple, and Andy Reid himself went to the AFC Championship game, and it was not the offense that lost that game. The Chiefs scored 31 points against the Patriots. The Rams were in the Super Bowl. I don't think anyone should should look at, you know, the, the Zach Taylor or the Matt LaFleur coaching hire and say, well, they got Sean McVay. And even if they get Sean McVay 2.0, that's not good enough. This is in part back to my original point. You have to find a coach that you think can match wits with Bill Belichick. You also have to find a coach you think can match, wit- match wits with Sean McVay. But part of the failure of McVay, and we've talked about this on this podcast before, I've written about it, is he's not aggressive enough in-game, not aggressive enough calling the game. If Matt LaFleur can change that, that's a big thing for him. But the the point of all of this is not, oh, well, it turns out Sean McVay is not really as good as we thought he was. No. Sean McVay is still a really good coach. And he took a team that Jeff Fisher, I mean, they couldn't find a win with a flashlight and a GPS. And then Sean McVay comes in, and suddenly, for two years, they're one of the most explosive teams in football that he engineers the biggest offensive turnaround in league history, and in year two takes his team to a Super Bowl. Why is that a low standard? Why is that something to be scoffed at? I understand that everyone wants every new coach who's a genius to be Bill Belichick. He's not. And, and let, me, let me use a golf analogy here. After Tiger Woods waned in terms of his dominance... Rory McElroy hits the scene and everyone, oh, he's the next Tiger. Look at him, he's talented. He hits the ball a mile. And you don't have to know who these players are. It's not important. But Rory won a couple, he's won a couple majors. I think he has four. And everyone, oh, it's disappointing. He only has four majors. No, four majors is really freaking good. Jordan Spieth comes on this team. He's, he's had some disappointing losses in his career. Jordan Spieth has three major championships. That's really good. He's still really young. We, we can't compare every player or coach to the greatest. Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in the league. He's the greatest coach of the last 25 years in the sport, maybe in any sport, frankly. And interestingly, the only other coach who probably has an argument in this discussion is a coach who used to work for him. That's Nick Saban. Just because Sean McVay hasn't won a title yet doesn't mean any coach that is attempting to play like or be like Sean McVay is now going to fail. It's been two seasons. Doug Peterson was a laughing stock right up until he wasn't. Frank Reich was a second choice and took his team to the playoffs. Coaching hires have to be graded on their own. They have to be graded in context, not in a vacuum. But they also you, you can't say oh well Sean McVay failed so anyone who's coached with Sean McVay is going to fail too. That's not how that works. It's just not because there there are plenty of co- because if you take that and you take the inverse of it and you say any coach that coached with Bill Belichick is going to be Bill Belichick, we just know that's not true. So if we if we can't take someone's successes and ascribe them to their mentor, then we also can't take their failures. Each coach that's been hired this offseat is is going to succeed or fail on his own merits. That's how this works. That's what happens in the NFL. So Matt LaFleur might be a good coach. He might not be a good coach, but it is going to have nothing to do with what happened with Sean McVay in the Super Bowl. It's just not. And I've said this over and over, and it bears repeating here, the, the coach that the Packers think they're getting with Matt LaFleur is not Sean McVay 2.0. The coach that they think they're getting, if, they're, if they think they're getting anyone 2.0, is Kyle Shanahan. And Kyle Shanahan had a great game plan to go against Bill Belichick. Matt LaFleur was on that staff. All right, see, now we've brought it back full circle. Matt LaFleur was on the staff in Atlanta that built a 25-point lead against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Now, they lost that Super Bowl for myriad reasons. A holding call that people are going to forget is really up there. And Kyle Shanahan lost his mind a little bit with play calling down the stretch. But the defense fell apart. Again, defense. Matters. The Packers prove that seemingly every time they're in the postseason. (laughs) Right now, Kyle Shanahan has had a lot more success against Bill Belichick than Sean McVay. But they've both played in the Super Bowl in the last three seasons. Two out of the last three years, coaches that Matt LaFleur worked for have been in the Super Bowl. And Matt LaFleur helped get them there in each case. Now, a little bit more indirectly in the case of the Rams, a little bit more directly in the case of the Falcons, but both cases, he contributed to the development of those offenses that got their team to the Super Bowl. Sean McVay's failure should not be hung around Matt LaFleur's neck as a yoke. It is not on him. Sean McVay succeeded or failed as a coach on his own, based on his own merits and his own failures, his own flaws. That's not on Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur is going to succeed or fail on his own merits, just like Sean McVay. So I don't think Packer fans should suddenly be worried about what Sean McVay did or didn't do in the Super Bowl against Bill Belichick. They went to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs went to the AFC Championship game. The Bears and and the Eagles went to the playoffs. The Eagles won a playoff game. The Bears won their division. And, te- and, and fans and teams should suddenly be nervous about recreating that kind of success? Imagine, Packer fans are lucky. Some might even say spoiled by the success that this team has had and the expectations are higher. And I don't begrudge anyone for feeling that way. And I don't begrudge anyone for feeling like the Packers' expectations should be higher. But you can't compare them or any team to the Patriots they don't have Bill Belichick. They have the all-time great quarterback. They don't have the all-time great coach. And that is why they had to make a move. They shouldn't be worried that because Sean McVay failed in the biggest game of his career, that Matt Lafleur will suddenly do the same. But I'm sure if the Packers are in the Super Bowl a year, two years from now, they will absolutely take recreating the same success Sean McVay had if it means being in the Super Bowl and giving yourself a chance to win. Because Aaron Rodgers, he's not going to play the way Jared Goff did. You're going to give yourself a much better chance to win. So if the Packers can put themselves in position like the Rams did, hey, that is a model worth recreating. Before we go, I just want to point out that this was a Super Bowl that finished 13-3 to And the Patriots, although they don't have athletic linebackers, sounding familiar, they do have a very good secondary, especially at number one corner. They have one impact pass rusher and some quality defensive linemen. They play disciplined, they play smart, and they always have a good plan. With Mike Patton, this Packers defense should continue to have a good plan. If they're healthy, this should be a very good secondary. Even though the safeties are not great, Patriots don't have great safeties. McCordy and Chung are quality players, but their linebackers, not very good. They can rush the passer because Trey Flowers, Dante Hightower can, can be versatile pieces there, but they don't have high impact guys. Trey Flowers is not Von Miller. They've gotten more out of less talent than a lot of teams. Green Bay has a very good defensive coach. They need to make sure that their defensive reinforcements are there. They need to make sure they have a good defense. They have the quarterback and they have a coach that they believe can get this offense back on track, can get this offense back purring the defense. And I, I I know a lot of Packer fans are going into this draft and this free agency going, we got to fix the offense. We got to fix the offense. And I even wrote about it. I said, the Packers, have to get back to understanding what they are and what they do best, and that is be an offensive team, and they need to revamp. They need to retool, maybe better, better phrasing than revamp. They need to retool this offense and give Aaron Rodgers some more weapons, but they also, they need to fortify this defense because defense just put both these teams in a position to win a championship, and the team that was able to hold the other team to three points was the one that ultimately came away victorious. Green Bay couldn't hold any team in the league to three points this year, except maybe the Bills. And I would have said the Cardinals, but look, they had a chance and they didn't. So I know there are a lot of Packer fans that want to go offense in the draft and free agency, but we know Aaron Rodgers can do more with less. We think this offensive change, the scheme change is going to be beneficial for the personnel that's on this team. And so Green Bay has to make sure this defense Is championship quality because the Rams went all in adding major pieces on their defense. The Patriots have, they they went huge on Stephon Gilmore and they added, you know, Jason McCordy and they traded for Kyle Van Noy and Danny Shelton and they added these pieces to fortify their defense and be in this position. Green Bay needs to make sure they're bringing in talent, they're adding to this defense in free agency, in the draft, because they need to be a championship-level defense, not just a championship-level offense. So while the focus has been on what Matt LaFleur can do for this offense, I think Brian Gutekunst's focus needs to be, what can he do for this defense to get Green Bay in a position to be playing championship defense in December and January to give the Packers the best chance that they can have at competing for that elusive Super Bowl. We'll be back tomorrow a lot more this week the combine is coming up already and so we're going to have some guests to talk about guys to keep an eye on as we go through the combine process talk about why it's important what is important what isn't important because there are some positions where the combine is is fun and meaningful and some positions where it is very much less so so we're going to have a lot more content to come in there you can always follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Packers. You can ask me questions there. I answer as many as I can there. Some I say for the podcast because I think they're useful questions for the podcast. You can subscribe to the show. Leave a review of five star rating if you would please. That would be very kind of you. Let other people know you like the show. It is make a friend Monday make a friend monday so tell someone that you like locked on packers that you enjoy the show and let them know they should be listening as well let us continue to grow the locked on packers community remember you can subscribe to the show on itunes on spotify on google play wherever you find podcasts you'll find locked on packers on your smart speaker hey alexa okay google whatever it is we are there for you at all times So subscribe and and make sure this show is coming right to your phone. You don't even have to ask. That is the best part. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.